welcome. I'm Steph, an intuitive hypnotist from Quebec, Canada. I'm Julie, a past life regression hypnotist and Reiki healer from Wisconsin. And together, we are the Soulful Mystics. Hello, Mystics. Welcome back to the Soulful Mystics podcast. This is Julie. I really hope you have been enjoying this month's spooky episodes as much as we have. On today's episode, Steph and I are stepping into the realms of our own experiences, sharing stories that have given us goosebumps, inspired wonder, and left us in awe. From ghostly encounters to unexpected visits from a fairy, and even journeys beyond the physical through astral travel, this episode is packed with stories of the unexplained. So light your candles, open your minds, and join us for a glimpse into our personal encounters with the ghostly and the strange. If you enjoy this journey with us, please show your support by liking, following, and sharing our podcast. And if you feel called, we would be extremely grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast. Your support means the world to us and helps other curious souls discover our magical world. And if you'd like to connect with the beautifully gifted stuff, visit soulfulstephanie.com. And if you'd like to connect with me, visit soulseekerhypnosis.com. So without further ado, let's step into the mystical and strange as we share our own ghostly encounters, fairy visits, astral travels, and cemetery explorations. Yeah, so I have a story. Um, so in 2019, Max, my partner, and I were looking to buy a house. We went to visit a few times, and I had this really weird, heavy feeling whenever I would go there. It was empty, and there was a barn. So I was taking pictures of this place um, to show my aunt because my aunt has a really beautiful gift of being able to see spirits in photos. As I was taking photos, I zoomed in on one photo. I took it from the outside at the back of the house. It was kind of like up on a hill. So I was looking in to a patio door. There was a big patio door. And right there was a man standing inside looking out at me, staring right at the camera. Creepy. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't see the man in person at the time. I was looking there. I could see it in my photo. I was looking at the photo as I was still there and he wasn't oh. there. So then I went closer and I started peering inside and couldn't see anything. So it was like, I don't know, a fluke, I guess. Anyway, wow. so when we decided to put an offer on this house, the realtor told us he had to disclose something before we finalized the papers. The original owner of the home went on a trip and he trusted his neighbor to take care of his farm animals. And I think that was in yeah 2012. When he came back, he was shot and killed. It was, a, it was deemed a premeditated murder from the neighbor who was taking care of his house, who pled guilty, but never gave a reason as to why he did it. So I believe I saw the original owner of the home watching me look at his property and I didn't feel afraid. I felt it was more of a heavy, like stuck energy. But when I was inside touring the place, I didn't feel anything too scary. So even though he was murdered there, they do have to disclose it because most people won't buy the house. And wow. I really wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can definitely understand that heaviness you sensed. Mm -hmm. Good Lord.
Yeah. Yeah. So when I first bought my current house, my cousin Mindy, who's also a gifted medium, she came over and I I would say she's not a medium by choice because she's been seeing spirits her entire life, even when she doesn't want to. So I was giving her a tour of my new house. We went downstairs and she immediately opened the door leading to the storage room under the stairs. She jumped and closed the door without saying anything. So I asked her what she saw and she said she saw an older woman crouched down on the floor holding something in her hands. So Mindy couldn't see what she was holding because it was something really small, but she said it felt very, very important to her and she she seemed to be guarding it. Uh, so it was wrapped by both her hands. She said it was something of a family heirloom. She told me not to be surprised if I find something in there. I looked everywhere, couldn't find anything. Until months later, I was having people over, so I went under the stairs to get our extra chairs from the storage room. And the way it's built here is it's cement with just a really cheap, thin carpet thrown over top because we have a drain in there. That's where our hot water tank is, just in case it leaks. It's just better to have it like that. And so when I pulled the chairs out, it pulled the carpet. So the carpet lifted off the floor. It wasn't glued or anything. And I saw something really shiny, just like caught my eye. And I had forgotten what Mindy said, but I put the chairs out and I pulled the carpet up even more. And I found this really old, tiny, like small metal cross that's meant to go on a necklace. And it was just sitting there under the carpet between the cement and the carpet. So I picked it up and sent a photo to Mindy and I asked her if this was what the woman was holding. She said she had head to toe goosebumps. She's like, oh my God, yes, put it somewhere safe for her. And so I put it in Max's drawer because I wasn't going to put it in my own. And <laughs> when I became more spiritual, I took it out and I had put it in my my spiritual space, um, inviting her to to chat with me. I know she had told Mindy that she didn't like the renovations we were doing. And I was like, well, tough shit. Like this is, it's outdated. We're changing the blue countertops. And she <laughs> she never bothered us ever since. And I think respecting these little things that you find, heirlooms, because it did mean a lot to somebody, respecting it is the best thing to do. And it's the most compassionate thing to do. I'm going to send you a photo because it's, it's like really old. Wow. That's amazing. Um, And also so freaking validating because Mindy told you mm -hmm. if you find something, and you sure did. And Mindy forgot about it. Even better. Oh, wow. Look how old oh, that is. So old and it's so small. It's tiny. It's like the size of a dime, like a smaller even. The fact that it even caught your eye. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yep. Okay, so let's see. I'm trying to think when this started. It was probably, I'd say 2018, 2019-ish, and that's kind of around the time frame I started becoming more spiritual myself too. I'd wake up to the feeling of footsteps walking on my bed. It was obviously small footsteps, so I, <laughs> I would always tell myself, oh, it was China, our a little black pug that passed away in 2018. But the more it would happen, and this was like almost a nightly thing, the more it would happen, I started to realize it is not four-legged. It's two-legged. That would freak me out like a little bit once I started like started to recognize it. There was one night I could feel this thing running all over me like it was playing. And this went on for like an hour and a half. And there, be, there comes a point where... Where you I kick it off your bed? 
No, I was going to say where you have that, like at first it's like, okay, it's getting closer. It's getting, cause it always feel like it would walk up the bed, like from the foot of the bed up to where I was sleeping, like up by my body, my face and stuff. It would never get past a certain point until one night it did. And it was just like playing all over my body, like running around me. And finally I got really angry and I was like, enough, knock it off already. That was that. I was doing a Reiki training a little while later. This is going to get weird. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's going to get weird. (laughs) So I was doing a Reiki training and Reiki one, a lot was opening up for me. I had a lot, most of these experiences actually took place during that timeframe right after I, I did my Reiki training. Abby, my teacher, I was telling her about this because I'm like, is it my dog or whatever? But like at first the steps kind of felt like maybe it was a cat. I don't know. It was weird. And so she did this exercise with me where she had me try to like visualize. And all I could see was this golden orb of light with legs, little teeny tiny legs. That was it. So you let that happen for an hour and a half before you told it to get off? I don't know if an hour and a half is exaggerating, but it was, I remember it was keeping me awake. Like I could not fall asleep because it kept happening. And usually in the beginning, it would just, I'd feel it for a few minutes and then it'd go away. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. would, that would scare the-, the other part of that story is there was one time I was doing, it was like a meditation of going into like your past life. This was before I took the hypnotic arts training, and all that in this past life, I was that fairy that was visiting me. The purpose of like my job or what I did, it was to bring people joy. That was like my sole purpose was to bring people joy, specifically people who were really suffering with depression and and things like that. It was to try to spark that joy within them. After that meditation, I call her my joy fairy. Okay. So it's like you had this intuition that it wasn't anything to fear. Right. It It was just keeping you awake. So you sent it away. Yeah. I don't know. I think when you can't see something, there's always a slight amount of fear, but also it had been going on. Like this had been happening night after night after night for so long. But the other thing too, it's like after I acknowledged what was happening, it hasn't happened since. After I did that meditation, after I acknowledged it, after I named her, it never happened again. So interesting. Yeah. Now that I know, it's like, you can come say hi. Yeah. And (laughs) she doesn't. (laughs) Right. Isn't that something? It's like, come on. Now that I'm more aware, now that I'm more into all this weird stuff. (laughs) Yeah. They stay away. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't hear that one before. So tell me more. A lot of my stories, as I'm reading the listeners' stories and Mary's stories that she sent in, there's this theme of, oh, I chalked it up to this, or I chalked it up to that, or, oh, I'm going crazy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of seeing shadows in the peripheral. Our front door of our old house had a window on it. The way our house was set up was like, you walk in the front door, it's the living room, and then the house goes back. Back from the living room is the kitchen. Back from that was where my office was. I could be cooking in the kitchen and I could look out the front door. So it was just like a perfect line. Mm -hmm. I would always see something walk past the front door. And a lot of times when I would see it, I was in the kitchen. For so many years, I would tell myself, oh no, it was nothing. Oh, because you know, you whip your head over and then it's gone. Nothing is there. That happened every single day. Every single day that happened. Yeah. 
That's, yeah. I mean, it's always the the subtle things that scare me. Not, I don't want to say the most, but the fact that they happen consistently, it, it's almost, it feels like it's an intelligent being of some kind because they keep doing the same thing or they're just, they keep getting louder and louder. And I think that has a little bit of a creep factor. A little bit, but I think I got so used to it that it was just like, oh, there he is again or whatever it was. I have no idea. There was a handful of times, and I'm saying a handful, so it was probably like five or less. This happened more than one occasion where I would wake up in the middle of the night to our TV being on, like our TV got turned on. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I tried to debunk this. Does the neighbor maybe have the same kind of TV as we do? And no, that was not it because the neighbor's house was facing the back of our TV. Mm-hmm. And side note, there was a time I was taking care of the neighbor's cat. Could see that they did not have the same kind of TV that we did. If they're pointing their remote at their TV, it wouldn't have been aimed in our direction. So that couldn't have happened. But when this would happen, it would be so random. It would happen one time and then it'd be months and months and months before it happened again. And then maybe like two years and then it'll happen again. There was a good handful of times this happened within like probably a 10, 11 year span of time. That would freak me out because when you're in a dead sleep in the middle of the night and then you wake up at 3 a.m. because your TV is on, what the fuck? Not pleasant. (laughs) No, not at all. I have some TV stories that happen still. Max thinks it's just a technical issue with the TV, but it happens like on certain nights constantly. I don't have a remote to turn on and off my TV in the bedroom. We have a an Apple TV remote, so we have to physically turn the TV on and then the rest we can control with the Apple TV. But sometimes when I'm laying there watching TV, it turns off. So frustrating because then I have to get up and I have wall-to-wall bed. It's really <laughs> hard to get out of it, okay? Especially when you have three dogs that are just lying around, you have to crawl over them. Anyway, so get out of bed, turn it on, go back into bed. And sometimes it'll happen like five times in a row that I just give up and I stop watching TV and then other times it won't happen at all but there's no pattern to it I just feel like Max is trying to convince himself that it's not a spirit because he's terrified of them and I can hear the click because there's a button on the side and you can hear when you press it you could hear a little click yeah I could hear that click if I pay attention he says it's all in my head but no I hear the click. So someone's pushing it and it's right at the end of my bedroom. So it's right by the door and I have a boundary that they're not allowed in my room. But I feel like one of them just crosses that boundary and just that's like the closest thing they can touch. Right. So (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Wow. They're going to mess with you one way or another, huh? (laughs) Yep. They'll find a way. Uh, okay, so there was this one time, oh gosh, when was this? This was years ago, 2014, 2016, like that time frame. I went on a ghost hunt with my friend from work and there was like this legit group of ghost hunters that she would go to these different places with and I tagged along one time just to kind of see what it was all about. Side note to that, I don't really like the ghost hunter thing because I don't like provoking 
invoking the spirit. I much rather be respectful, but this was a curiosity thing. One weekend I did this ghost hunt, whatever. It wasn't very eventful. There was a couple knocks we heard and stuff, but other than that, it, there really wasn't much activity. So then I go home and like right around that time frame, one morning I was up really early when my husband was getting ready for work. It was probably about three in the morning. I was up, he was in the bathroom, I was in the kitchen, and all of a sudden I felt like someone literally took a deep breath and blew really hard on my neck. Mm. And that, <laughs> that is probably the most terrified I've ever been in my entire life. So I literally dropped what I was doing and I ran into the bathroom where my husband was. And I was so scared. I could not even speak. I yeah. literally just stood there. My eyes were filled with tears. And he's like, what? Is someone in the house? <laughs> and I'm just shaking my head, got my hands by my face and my eyes are filled with tears. And I'm just so terrified on what just happened. It felt like someone took a deep breath and blew really hard on my neck. And then of course I turn around and he's not there. He's in the bathroom. He goes and investigates and he's like, there's nothing out here. What is going on? I go out in the kitchen and there is a huge moth. The wings fluttering must have been what felt like the breath on my neck. I don't it, know. It scared me so bad. Like how big was that moth? I just remember it was a good size. That must have been it. Please you would tell have me heard that it. was it. <laughs> you would have heard it too. If you would, if it was big enough to feel it, you would have heard the wings flapping or something. That's true. And honestly, I don't remember if I heard anything because just the amount of fear <laughs> coursing yeah. through my body at the time. <laughs> that would be scary. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like three in the morning and it's right on the back of my neck. Ugh. So it was witching hour. Come on, Julie. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm trying to not be scared about that anymore. <laughs> okay, let's release it. It was a big ass moth. Big ass um, moth. <laughs> Debunked. <laughs> Oh my God. I think living as we do, where we're gifted, but not to the point where it's like, it's our choice, I would say in a lot of these scenarios, maybe it happens spontaneously, but it's not something that we have to live with every day. My cousin Mindy, uh, since she was a kid seeing spirits at the end of her bed. And I have a rule as well, a boundary that I set that I, I never want to see them as they died. I heard stories about what Mindy has seen and it's just not cool, you know, that if someone got into a car wreck, she would see them that way. So knowing that we could set those boundaries, but she was a kid and didn't really have anyone to talk to about them. So she would tell me about things that that are terrifying. Like she would be in bed one day and she would just wake up and have a spirit on top of her. And this happened not long ago, like maybe a couple of years ago, where the spirit that was on top of her just almost like fell from the ceiling straight into her face oh, and was just no inches from her face. And it scared her so bad because yeah. it was just like coming at her, but then disappeared once it got to her face. But she is a palliative care nurse. So because she's a gifted medium, I think she was drawn. She's very comfortable with the topic of death and working with people who have crossed over or are about to. So she is a palliative care nurse and she has been at home and sees some of her patients. So one, I think it happened a few times where her patient would go to her house and say goodbye. And then when she would get to work, that's when she would learn that they passed. Oh my gosh. 
she would also have patients telling her that they're going to be an angel. So her patients usually tell her they have to go somewhere or someone is waiting while they're still within the physical realm or that there was a time where someone said, I'm an angel now, I have to go. Wow, oh, that gave me chills. And she, being so spiritual and a medium, them talk about it rather than have the nurse tell them that, oh, you're hallucinating or whatever, you know. Some of them have, have seen people that, that they love come greet them and she just asks them about that person. And I assume that this gives them so much love and joy to be able to talk about that relationship and then know that they're going to be welcomed by that human that they used to know is just so beautiful. But not only is she a gifted medium, we uh, have been going through the spiritual journey together. I'd say back and forth, just sharing stories with each other and helping each other grow. And she decided to get into the astral traveling realm after my grandfather went into the hospital. So this was during COVID. Uh, we were not allowed to be with him. And he was showing signs of dementia, which he never had prior. And the nurses were having such a hard time with him that they asked us or required us to have someone in the family be with him 24-7. One person be with him 24-7. Otherwise, no one was allowed to be with anyone that they loved in the hospital, which was really hard. My aunts and uncles would take turns and Mindy... And Alyssa, my two nurse cousins, would join in on the rotation. So one time when my mom was there, she would allow him to describe what he was experiencing because everyone's very spiritual in my family. And he said that there was a quarter on the bed. It's like, pick up the quarter and give it to me. There was no quarter <laughs> that my mom could see, but my mom pretended to pick it up and put it in her pocket. What did he see? He said something like, Tatun, oh, fine, keep it and buy yourself some candy. But I'm Tatun to my, my grandfather, my mom is Tun. When she said that, I walked outside into my backyard and there was a quarter sitting on my deck. And wow. we we don't have change. We don't, especially in COVID time, like oh, we were not COVID, buying yeah. anything with money. I think that the quarter he saw, he sent to me because I was asking for messages. I was trying to travel to him in my dreams. My cousin Mindy and I were both doing the same thing because I don't do well in hospitals. So I was never welcome there. <laughs> like they do not want me there. I'm more more trouble than anything. So <laughs> I felt bad and I wanted to be with him. So I would try to send my spiritual body to him. And I think that was his validation that in his subconscious state that he, know, he knew I was there with him. And then when Mindy was there, he woke up one day, I think it was like three o'clock in the morning and asked her when the helicopter was coming back. And she said, helicopter. He's like, yeah, I just went for a helicopter ride. She was like, oh, tell me more about it. And he would tell her about this helicopter. I had a dream that night that I was in a helicopter with my grandpa and my sister-in-law's father who had passed away was conducting the helicopter. And I was in the back with Megan. They were just talking and we were just going for this ride. And I was like, well, I astral traveled and went on a helicopter ride with my grandpa. Pretty sure that that's, that's what happened. <laughs> and then Mindy, wanting to practice this astral traveling, decided one day at like 3 a.m., we live really close to each other. So she imagined, or if, if you actually travel, maybe you understand what this means, that she left her body and came through the streets like she was picturing her soul coming down here, coming into my house, going down my stairs where my bedroom is, and then making my dogs bark. 
And so she was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. So she left and <laughs> went back to her body. And then the next morning she was like, did something weird happen? I was like, yeah, at 3 a.m. my dogs went berserk and we <laughs> couldn't quiet them down. And she like, she couldn't, she couldn't handle it. She stopped texting me for a while. And I was like, why'd she ask me that? Did she come knock on my door at that time? Like, I don't know. And then she told me, and I was like, so it worked. Don't do that again. Cause I sleep naked. Okay. <laughs> And now the world knows it. <laughs> yes. And I mean, not you ashamed of it. Out. <laughs> I, okay. um, yeah. So that whole story of the astral traveling, I do believe that my my grandpa or when you're in a state of Alzheimer's, uh, dementia, have a foot or on either side of the veil, I do believe we're going places. And this to me was proof of that. There was a lot of other things that happened in that hospital stay like he had asked why the truck was moved at his house and my uncle lied to him and said the truck wasn't moved and he when he was like I saw it was moved and I saw that it was here and it really was and it really because my uncles aren't as they don't yeah. know too much about it but they were like how does he know who told him well can't pull a fast one on him <laughs> no he knows he sees all <laughs> that is so cool that what a cool story Steph, there was one time, I don't know if you remember me telling you this, that I traveled to your house and I had a blue crystal in my hand. Yes. And I walked in your bedroom and I set it on your mm -hmm. night table or do you have a table in your room? I do. Yeah, we have a night <laughs> table. We have two okay. night tables that are on the other side of the bed. But before we changed our room to to add an additional bed to make it like, a, I don't know what you want to call it, but we have a king size bed as well as a, a double bed mm -hmm. and just squished in so that it is just wall-to-wall -wall bed but before that we had just the king bed with two night tables and I think that might have been when you dropped the crystal yeah so the crystal was blue calcite and I'm just googling it because it was a very spiritual stone it was so fitting because we talk a lot about this spiritual stuff I sent it to you a long time ago but it was all about spiritual connection and emotional healing and yeah. all this stuff and I was like holy crap that's fitting side note I know a few crystals okay I don't know the I'm not very yeah. good with like, oh, this one does that. This one's for that. Like, no. So for me, it's, I know like a handful of, of names and what they do, like their properties. This one is one I was not familiar with at the time. Yeah. Interesting that I knew what it was. Mm -hmm. That was weird. <laughs> and didn't you order one? I had to because I, I feel like I need this. I'm trying I, to find it. Man, we send each other yeah. a lot of stuff. <laughs> so much. Okay, listen. Trying to go through our text to find a picture. Impossible. 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 <laughs> Even when you go to the media files in link, still impossible. <laughs> we <laughs> send a so lot. Many. Yeah. I remember that time and there was a message behind that. Yeah. In some it was way. An experience that I had about me opening up to my mediumship. Yeah. 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 And it was blue calcite, right? Raw blue calcite crystal. It's very beautiful. It's, it's an angelic connection as well. So right. it, it really connects you to your mediumship abilities, but also opens your third eye and lots of meaning there. I have one more story. When I was nine, my parents split up. So it was a really tough time for myself, my brothers, my mom, my dad, everyone. And we moved from the 
countryside to an apartment in the city, which my brothers and I didn't know of that. So it was it was a whole different experience. Um, lost that kind of family unit. So naturally, there was some anxiety there. My mom got a boyfriend. They were sitting up in their bed. It was a morning. And when they were sitting up in the bed, they were facing the doorway into the hallway. And I decided to make them breakfast in bed. So I ran from my bedroom down the hallway, which passed that doorway that they were looking out of. And as I ran by, they saw a another little girl run after me, like running behind me. Oh, shit. Yeah. And my mom called me over. And as I went, ran back into the room, she she was like, do you have a friend over? I was like, no. <laughs> like, I didn't understand. My mom would know. But yeah. they they looked shocked. I remember her boyfriend's face at the time. And I was like, okay. And they didn't want to scare me. But I was insistent. Like, what? My mom remembers this clearly like it happened yesterday. She remembers what this young girl looks like because she has followed me throughout my life. Um, oh. And she she believes it's my guardian angel. So oh. she has long, dark hair with bangs, and she was about my age at that time. But as I grew, she stayed the same. So whatever, long story short, I guess. When I was 17, I was going through another really difficult transition in my life. And I was sitting, I was standing in my mom's kitchen. I had moved back in with her. And I don't remember what happened leading up to this moment. But as I walked out of the living room, my mom watched me leave and then looked back over the kitchen island and that young girl was there again. And she just looked at my mom and smiled. And my mom told me at that time she was really worried about me returning to an abusive relationship. So that visitation made her feel better knowing I'm divinely protected, knowing that my guardian angel is with me. And then fast forward to this year, not long ago, a couple weeks ago, months ago, when I went to that cemetery with my nephew, he asked me to go to a cemetery with him. Yeah. Um, my mom told me that as she was telling this story to my grandpa and my auntie, they said there was a young girl that was about nine years old when she died. And that young girl wanted to be adopted by my grandparents, just constantly asked them to adopt her. And they think she is that girl and that she is my guardian angel. I have head to toe chills right now. Yeah. Have you ever thought about exploring this more in hypnosis to like connect with her and see if we can get her story? Yeah, I mean, we could. I never thought about it. Like this literally came up recently. We just thought yeah. that she was my guardian angel. If you think about it, she would grow up with me. Right. But she stayed the same age. So to me, that meant that she died at that age mm -hmm. and or that's when she was the happiest. She was very connected to my family, although I don't think she was related in a in a close like maybe she was a cousin of a cousin or something. I'm not sure. And my mom doesn't know too much about her, but she really wanted to be adopted by my grandparents. I know her name. I think it's Lucille. I'll have to I'll have to double check. But uh, I went to visit her her grave that day with my nephew Chase. And my mom told me while I'm there, see if I can get any insights. But you know, kids, like he started getting grumpy because he was like, I want to go now because we were looking forever for that one. And he wanted yeah. to focus on other things, other uh, he he loves going to the cemetery. So it was just, we were there for a while. And right when we found it, he was getting antsy and wanted to leave. So I couldn't really tune in. Uh, yeah, it, it's quite possibly her. And apparently that's exactly what she looks like. That is wild. Your mom has really only ever seen her. You actually haven't. I've never seen her. No. Wow. Oh, I'm so curious to learn more yeah. about her. And I know. she's been with you 
throughout your life. That is, that's beautiful. It kind of made me wonder if maybe I was reincarnated as her because she really wanted to be a part of my grandparents' family. But I don't know how that works. So that could be something else that we ask in that hypnosis session because, I mean, if she's been with me and has been protecting me in some way, you know, always showing up for me and it was always with me specifically. My mom has seen her a number of times, but it was always with me when I was struggling. But I, I am curious to see that, where that goes. Yeah, me too. I love cemeteries. There was a time in my life where I was exploring my own family's history and did the whole ancestry thing and was trying to find everyone's graves. And we found people's graves from our family that we didn't even know existed before I started doing this research. It was so fascinating. My son was younger at the time too. He would help me. He and I would go to the cemetery and we'd walk around, we'd get the map, we'd try and find these graves stones. We love doing that too. I like it too. I don't feel the same way as most people do about cemeteries in in the sense of like, I feel like our loved ones are always with us and where their body is. To me, it doesn't represent anything. But being in that cemetery with Chase changed that It changed my idea of thinking because what he said, he's such a wise child. He's seven. And he was explaining all things to me. He was telling me not to step certain places because you have to be respectful and not step on somebody. And I, okay, whatever. I I get that though. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I wasn't intentionally like stomping on it, but I mean, where do you step? Anyway, so he was showing me where to step. So I had to follow him. We got to a place where there was a bench and I showed you the video of that. I have a video of it where he doesn't like it. He, what, he said is I don't like it when they put the ones that are in the ground like not the the stones the big stones but the ones that are just like a plate in the ground he doesn't like it when you put those in front of the other ones because it's it's taking up the space of of the other person and um, oh. he just feels like that person might feel crowded and that his space was being taken oh, what an angel <laughs> but I wanted to ask him to repeat himself because I was like that's freaking wise never thought of that yeah and so I pulled out my camera and I was secretly recording him filming him and then he was he started repeating himself and then he stopped and looked at a bench it's like is there someone sitting there pointing at the bench and the camera I just look at the bench and there's no one there and I was like no you want to go see he's like no we we don't sit there it's like okay why and he said the benches are made for the spirits to be there with their families and watch from a distance as they visit them and it just like warmed my heart and I was like okay I understand cemeteries now and he wanted us to go around and he would ask me which one the kids were and so I would look at all the dates and I would tell them tell him how old each one was anytime there was a child we would sit there and he would just stand there and I was like so what are we doing and he's like we're just spending time with them because their family can't be with them right now so we're just gonna hang out with them and make sure that they know they're not alone I was like it just (laughs) bring on the tears and he's just such a wise kid and what a sweet soul I know and then he started talking about reincarnation and like the space between lives and I was trying to get it on camera because I was like this and no we don't talk to him about that whenever he brings something up 
we listen and we we might ask questions like, oh, why do you feel that way? Or, you know, open-ended questions just to see where we can take this. And he said, we get to choose when we come back. And I was like, oh, well, like how would you would choose when you come back? Do you choose who you come back as? And he's like, yeah. I was like, and do you choose your family, do you think? He's like, well... I think we could. Do you think we could? And I was like, I think we could. He's like, so did I choose you to be my auntie? I didn't just get lucky. And I was like, stop oh. it right now. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, pretty lucky to have a child who's like open like that, where we can have these conversations. And he's such a spiritual kid. He, I think he's a Pisces or he's in Aries with like on the cusp. No, he's a Pisces. Yeah. So naturally. Oh, yeah. Naturally gifted. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone who shared their stories and listened to what we had to share. And if you want to send us your stories, send it our way and we'll play it. We'll either share a recording if you want to send us your voice or we can read it in future episodes for next year. We're already preparing. It's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to season two. Yep. And that's it for today's episode. Until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.